everybody. Welcome back to the Hair Razor Podcast. It's another week, boys and girls. Let's get started. Hair Razor Podcast, you're right. It is another week. We got Rhino, we got Phil. My planning has gone right out the window. I got so excited with being able to get a haircut on Friday. I don't even have a great beer. Well, I have a great beer to drink, but not a unique beer. So I got the uh, Bushlight Silo here. I don't know what you guys got, but man, Friday was a great day. Yeah, you're looking sharp. But my big question is, is uh, none of the salons or none of the haircut places here in Sioux Falls are open. So where did you go get an underground haircut? I'd like to thank the great folks at Great Clips in Brookings. Wait, you drove all the way to Brookings to get a haircut? Absolutely. <laughs> and this is after a Friday conversation uh, I had with Eric that said, hey, you can come over to my house. I'll clip your hair. I've been doing it since college for everybody. So, so, so Great Clips in Brookings, you said, okay, I know they're open, but everybody else in Brookings had to be getting a haircut. What was, what was the wait? I went online, love the Great Clips app. Hey, if we need another sponsor, Great Clips. Great Clips, there you N- go. Nice it's, work. it's probably I, the wrong crew I, to ask for. <laughs> I haven't needed a haircut since 2005. So. And I haven't cut my hair since October. <laughs> I went online and saw clothes, 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 all in Sioux Falls. But then I put in the Great 57006, and I had a 106-minute wait. Perfect. Time did great. Got up there. I was number four on the line. They were they were running them through there. They didn't even shut the door. It was propped open on a fifty eight degree day. It's fantastic. So they just just spirits were high in great clips. I was so pleased to see that. It was just running people through like a silver star car wash. Absolutely. The, the chair next to mine, he was talking about their four H project and whether it's going to be a four H show and all these things. I mean, people were just. I've never seen people so excited to get a haircut. Didn't see a frown in the place. Excited. I was just as excited. So you were in Brookings and didn't stop at EBC then? You know, they they, they don't open until 4. Oh, so they're you back were there before then. Okay. Yep. okay. Yep. So uh, I speak. So you're drinking a Bush Latte. Bush. I am drinking a Anderson Valley Tropical Hazy Sour Ale. It is bottled or brewed. It's ale with passion fruit guava and coriander so if somebody knows what coriander is it's a it's a spice it's like in the cinnamon family phil it's it's like in the nutmeg Uh, okay so it's uh yeah boonville california so this one came out of california maybe why they have a bear with deer horns maybe that's a new bear we've seen but i've never seen before pretty good though pretty good pretty good uh, sour ale Wow, after all that, I'll just uh, follow up the bookends with a classic bush light. So, t- so two bush lights and a sour <laughs> Two <house>. bush lights. <laughs> the, so I was drinking that a little bit earlier. The one I just cracked open right now is two women from New Glarus Brewing out in uh, Wisconsin. It's only in Wisconsin. It's also a phenomenal beer. I think this is better than Spotted Cow, but that's just me. I was talking to Eric when I stopped in to drop off the auction money uh, to him. I was reading an article that they were pouring out like 10,000 gallons of beer a day because of all the uh, backed up beer that didn't get sold in March. Oh, what a tear. What a tear to the eye. Like in the rivers? No, they're just dumping it out down the drain. I, I, and I don't. It probably made it to the river at some point. To the river. We should have gone swimming, boys. Got a bunch of drunk fish. <laughs> too, too drunk to too fish. Too drunk to fish. <laughs> 
So obviously there's not much that's been going on, but uh, we've got about two episodes left of the Jordan documentary. What do you guys think so far? I'm midway through uh, episode seven, so I'm the guy that's uh, behind this tent. I got it. I got through episode seven. Him in tears by pushing his fellow teammates to be better was was astounding. That's how much he cared about winning. And if you're not at his level, just just go away. It, it oh, he's. Amazing. I, you know, each hour that you watch, it goes by so quick, and they've segmented these things and how they kind of bounce back and forth from 98 back to 93, back to, like, 88, you know, how they kind of tie all this in. Uh, I mean, you've seen J.J. Watt. You've seen all these guys. It's like 10 episodes is not enough. And, I, you know, honestly, I, I want to thank ESPN for actually releasing these about two months earlier because – we all needed this. This is, I mean, yeah, watching great. the backstory of Jordan is ridiculous. And then, you know, the backstory of Pippen, Rodman, you know, Bill Wellington is, you know, on there a lot. He's, he's, you know, Kerr's on there. And you kind of start seeing, like, the dynamic of this amazing basketball team. It's like, geez, they're good. I struggled on the trivia the past couple. And I really was kicking myself last night. Um it was who were the all-stars the year after the year that Jordan left or whatever. And I was like, it's Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, and, God, who was the other one? And it was the Iowa Hawkeye, B.J. Armstrong, one of the reasons I was a Chicago Bulls fan. So I just, God, I, I'm really disappointed in myself. Most of the time, you guys are the ones disappointed in me, but this time I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> it full circled back to you. Yeah, huh? that's right. Well, we certainly have uh, a local kid who also pushed his teammates to be better, and he continues to do that for the SDSU Jackrabbits. He's Zach Lujan. He's joining us tonight, and we're going to go ahead and visit with him here for a little bit. All right, boys and girls, we're back, and after that, uh, we have a special guest tonight. Uh, We have a two-time team captain. Uh, quarterback solution reporting coordinator Zach Lujan. How are we doing, Coach? Doing excellent. Thanks for having me, guys. Welcome. Hey, appreciate it. So, crazy time of year for you. Um, I want to give you a date. We're gonna start. We're gonna start. We're gonna go back, and then I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you a date, and we'll work our way up to present. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. August thirtieth, two thousand fourteen. Do you remember that? Uh. I'm guessing that was our first game that season against Missouri. That a boy. I knew it. You're an economics guy. I knew that. I knew. <laughs> I, I even told these guys that I go. I could probably give him that date, and he could probably give me the play sheet of the entire game. <laughs> so I, I remember. I remember the first play I was in that game, and the rest was pretty much a whirlwind. Yeah, I was yeah gonna... you came. You came in with five thirty nine left in the first. <laughs> Sumner ran for. Sumner had a one yard run. Got injured. And I remember it was on TV. It was ESPN, uh, Missouri. It was 24th ranked at the time. And we had a good squad. Zenner was there. You know, we had Winicky. Um, Sumner was there, a good leader. Right. He goes down, everybody's like, oh, no. Then all of a sudden, this kid comes walking in. They're like, who's this guy? <laughs> Who, <yeah. laughs> Where'd this guy so, come from? He's from Anchorage, Alaska. 
and I might batter this, but is it Shabbat College? Shabot College. Shabot College in California, Junior College. Tell us how you got to South Dakota State. Yeah, I, uh, um, you know, originally from Anchorage, Alaska, kind of like you said. Uh, you know, Rhino, when, the, when I say Anchorage, Alaska, was the first thing that comes to mind? Cold. Second thing. Deadliest catch. If you keep going down that list, it'll be about 99 before you get to high school football. Uh, <laughs> a lot of high school, a lot of college coaches are, are in the same boat. So, um, you know, coming out of high school, I was very under-recruited. Uh, actually had a, a good connection to some of the coaches at Chabot and uh, was fortunate to kind of go down there. Uh, came in as a six-string quarterback that year. That would have been, what, 2013, summer 2013. And then, uh, yeah, ultimately won the starting job. Um, we had a really good season that year. You know, we kind of came in as a, I don't want to say bad news bears, but we were definitely the underdogs and uh, put together a pretty good season. Had a lot of really, really talented players on our roster. Um, after a year there, you know, I was fortunate to put something good on tape. Uh, Austin Sumner, who you referenced earlier, was actually coming off a shoulder injury. Um, so the coaches here at SDSU at the time kind of wanted somebody who could come in and and play if he didn't fully recover or whatever the situation was. And uh, fortunately, that was me. So that's kind of kind of how I, in a very roundabout way, came to the state. So Chabot, on a junior college level, is it like an Iowa Western? Is it is it like a, a big-time yeah. junior college, or is it kind of middle, middle of the road? Um, historically, they're probably middle, middle of the pack. Now, one thing that's important to understand about junior colleges is I want to say there's – 176 in the country and more than half of those are in california so it's it's the california junior colleges and then the rest of the country's junior colleges from that standpoint so if you win uh the state championship in california you're dubbed the same as a national champion it's two different leagues you know it's kind of uh, going back a ways but you know like the the true afl and then the nfl when they were separated uh way back when so, anybody was there anybody on Chabot that made it to the league or was a big time that you played with? That that I played with, you know, there's a bunch of uh, really good players who went on to have successful college careers. Uh, not currently in the NFL, you know. The the uh, um, overall historically, like I said, uh, we were kind of middle of the middle of the pack. We were a really big baseball junior college, actually. Our head coach at the time. Uh, Danny Calcagno has actually uh, had played, uh, you know, Triple A baseball for uh, for a good chunk of his his career before he transitioned kind of into coaching. So I do have a question on high school football in Alaska. Let's hear did, it. Did you get a play? Because they have a game that is under the sun at midnight, right? Do they play a game like that? I thought I read it in like Sports Illustrated a long time ago. So there's a. Um, there's a baseball league up there that, that uses okay that's maybe what it was and on uh, on the on the fourth of July you know they, they play a double header that goes until midnight so I think that's the under the sun that you're talking about yeah they don't have to turn off the lights and it's exactly so fourth of July you know fireworks in Alaska leave, leave something to be desired at times with, uh, <laughs> with the daylight still out but in the middle of winter you can just anytime noon no, no question yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime after 3 p.m., you're, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. So then after 2014, you, we transitioned into 2015 starter. And 
you we go if I'm correct, I believe we go down to Kansas, correct? Yep, that was the first game that yep. year. Yep, and that was the infamous uh, Zenner 99 yard game. That wasn't. That was that not. Was, oh, that, that wasn't. Was, Nope, that was the first the time we lost. Center 99-yard run. I want to say that was 2012 or 2013. Eric, okay. when was that? You were at that game. That was 13. 13. 13. I was there, too. I don't remember it. <laughs> 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 so then we go into 2015. You're playing. 2016, you're a senior. Yep. And we have a kid from Sioux Falls. Is you're right behind you, Taryn Christian. Yep. So... You're respected, your team captain. Tell us about that year where, you know, everybody wants to play. Right. And, I mean, you everybody that met you knows that you're a stand-up guy, you're a leader, uh, you're a locker room guy. Tell us a little bit about your senior year. Yeah, well, um, you know, so uh, just giving a little bit more story there, Taryn ended up winning the, senior, the, the job my senior year. Uh, you know, we were in a quarterback competition and everything. Uh but I, in a lot of ways, I think people played it up as me versus Taryn. And that was never the case. You know, I, I think the only time we ever kind of, I guess, really, well, I was on his, his tail, on his butt a lot to get better and stuff. And, and I think he did a good job of that. Uh, but the only time we really had a conflict, I think, was his very first day at South Dakota State. First day of practice. Uh, he didn't finish through the line. I jumped his ass pretty good. And he was, he was great after that. Um, so if, if he's listening, I hope he laughs at that one. Cause we were actually, actually talking about that the other day, but, um, you know, it was kind of a, uh, something that we knew was always going to be there, but what we kind of told each other was whoever wins best man wins type deal, you know? And, um, we knew that we had the best quarterback room firmly believe we had the best quarterback room in the country because uh, whoever didn't win the starting job was going to be the best backup in the nation, you know? So, yeah. um, I, I uh, it was really difficult for me at the time, you know, like you said, uh, team captain. And when I had played in the past, I was obviously fortunate to have a lot of success, um, you know, but it, it took me a few years to realize that I think the coaches made the correct decision. It took me about a year, I guess, to realize I think the coach made the correct decision. Uh, and, and, you know, watching him succeed and, and really grow into the player that he became was uh, was cool to see, you know, and really that's kind of how I actually transitioned into coaching. Um, I was going to go to law school. You know, I took the LSAT and everything. Uh, uh, fortunate to do pretty well on those, and um, you know, thought I was going to go. I wanted to be the next Jerry Maguire, actually. Yeah. I wanted to be a sports agent. And uh, you know, there was one game I can't even remember who we were playing or what we were doing or whatever it was. But Coach Eitzness, who was our offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at the time, was up in the press box. So I was on the sidelines with Taryn. And after he would come off the sideline, you know, he would get on the phone and. Uh, and and call Coach E, and then you know me and him would chit chat about whatever I saw or whatever Coach E wanted to relay to me or whatever the case was. And I told Taryn that on this particular play uh, to do exactly this next time it was called, it was going to be a big play. Uh, and he ended up you know throwing a touchdown to Jake on Jake Winicky on the play, and it's kind of like oh this is fun, you know. So um, <laughs> a, a, about a week or two later, you know, I went in and kind of had a talk with Coach E and said. You know, I think this is something I might want to get into. And uh, he said he thought I'd be pretty good at the at the coaching aspect of it and, and kind of going from there. So um, then transitioned after I got done playing, graduate assistant at South Dakota State for a year. 
uh, John Johnson, who was our running back coach at the time, actually left for the Alliance Football League. Uh, so I got promoted to running back coach and, and uh, you know, got to coach some, some pretty good guys, Isaac Wallace, Pierre Strong, Mikey Daniel. Those are uh, Luke Sellers. Those are guys who come to mind. And then, uh, you know, after that was, was moved over to quarterbacks and obviously uh, fortunate to have a pretty good group here as well. Yeah, and that was one thing that when you broke that down, look at the guys you've had in your rooms. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> well, from the guys you got to play with, and then transition to yep. the guys in your running back room. I mean, that that's elite company. That no doubt, you've been around. No doubt. So I actually had uh, this is going way back a ways, but kind of brought it all full circle to me for me. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we've been having Zoom meetings with their with the quarterbacks now and stuff as they're back home, and obviously we're online classes and all that. Uh, but had Austin Sumner come in to talk to those guys, and it was a really cool experience for me to, uh, you know, listen to the guy that I looked up to when I first came to South Dakota State, and you know, pass on some of the wisdom to to these young guys now. But so you're when right. you were running, those back, guys are kind of sorry for my job. Yeah, yeah. So when you were running back coach, I mean, look at that stable of running backs you had to deal with. Was it when you were teaching these guys, I mean, very athletic guys, um, I mean, top to bottom, are you teaching them kind of from a quarterback's perspective or are you kind of teaching them from, did that mold into kind of like an overseeing umbrella type of coaching? Um, it, it's been great for me as I've, that was the best thing that could have happened for me, especially as I've transitioned back to um, back to coaching the quarterbacks and ultimately want to be a coordinator someday and kind of having a wholesome approach, you know, because uh, especially being a quarterback guy, you know, I, I want to look more at coverage. I want to look more at blitz. I want to look more at the back end of things. You know, I didn't really care what, what the three technique was doing on this play or the defensive end or so to speak there. Um but then, obviously, coaching those guys where, shoot, that's, that's your read and whatever run concept it is, that's a huge part of what we do. Um, that was really beneficial for me. And then uh, what, what I tried to bring to the table for them was um, an understanding the kind of the passing game and especially the pass protection aspect of it and how, how you know, not just important but crucial they were um, to everything we did from that standpoint. So, um uh, you know, I brought. I tried to bring more of a scheme picture to it because I, I sure as heck wasn't going to tell them how to run fast or anything like that. Um, you know, so they they kind of did had those natural gifts and did that part of them. Um, so right now, last year we had a lot of transfers. We know that. You know, now you have a full roof. Yep. Tell us a little bit about the room you got that you currently have on campus. Yeah, kind of, uh, you know, talk by age. Um, so Cannon Nelson is going to be a senior for us, uh, a local kid originally from Mitchell, South Dakota. And he's kind of done an awesome job, you know, in terms of setting the tone for our room and stuff. And, you know, he was kind of a, a, a walk-around kid who earned a scholarship and did a great job, uh, obviously from that standpoint, has, has come in and played at a high level um, kind of consistently throughout his career, you know, and, and, and really answered the bell from, from, from that standpoint. Uh, Jabori Gibbs is going to be a redshirt sophomore for us. Um, you know, came off, was having a heck of a season last year, uh, playing at a really high level and actually tore his ACL um, against North Dakota State in the Dakota Marker game. Um, you know, he's crushing his rehab right now. He's, he's actually still in town here uh, doing all his rehab at, at, 
near the hospital, excuse me, uh, doing a really good job from that standpoint. So Keaton Heidi came in actually after Jabori Torres ACL and, and started uh, started the most games for us last year actually. Um, same thing, came in and played at a really high level and did a did a nice job, kind of kind of standing in there. And uh, you know we didn't do him any favors. We put him in a tough situation and he responded uh, big in a big way. So he's going to be a sophomore this year as well. And then Karst Hunter is going to be a redshirt freshman for us, uh, originally from Miller, South Dakota. You know, was coached by the the infamous Will Castle, uh, a Jackrabbit great himself, and and really, uh, shoot, he bleeds blue. You know, if there's one thing I'll, I'll ever say about Karst, and, and and has since the first moment I met him, I want to say when he was a, a ninth grader. You know, so he's been he had been to our campus a bunch, kind of throughout the process, and and it's been cool to see him grow up uh, and really mature into the player. And person that he is so that's those are the guys that we have right now really excited about our two incoming freshmen that we have uh that signed with us this year uh mark granowski is from Nequa valley you know just outside of uh chicago illinois in the chicagoland area there uh, and actually just yesterday was voted the naperville uh male athlete of the year so hmm. kind of a, a big deal and i shout out to him and uh really excited about about what he brings from from a leadership standpoint, from a toughness standpoint, from a work ethic standpoint. I think he's going to be a heck of a player for us. Um, and then really fortunate at the late time of day to get Rudy Voss, um, you know, went to Jackson County High School uh, there in, in southern Missouri, uh, southern Minnesota, not southern Missouri, excuse me. Um, and, and, you know, he's an unbelievable athlete. I, I think, uh, you know, because the football he played was a little bit smaller, he's, he's going to be uh, – a little bit more raw coming in, but I think his ceiling is going to be pretty high. And he's, uh, you know, it was, it was really fun actually going to see him play at a basketball game this year. Uh, Coach Stig, Coach from and I went to went to a basketball game, and I want to say he had 35 points, uh, nine assists, eight rebounds, five steals. You know, ridiculous stat line there. So, um, you know, I know uh, ultimately the season was cut short with with the COVID deal going on, uh, but was actually in some conversations for you know Mr. Basketball for the state of Minnesota there. Well, and the one thing he is famous for was his comments after the game he lost. It's That's just yeah. what I started off with. You know? Yeah. If, uh, if you want to see somebody who's passionate about, you know, not just football, not just competition, not just winning, but about his teammates, uh, you know, I encourage you to look up uh, Rudy's Rudy's video from after they lost in the state semifinal game, um, you know, of his senior year here. Yeah, he's – he was just on the Splitting Hairs podcast. Um, I think uh, one of those guys is from that area, and he's pretty polished just talking, and you can just tell that he's he kind of has a pretty good head on his shoulders and just seems like a, just a down-to-earth good kid. No doubt. Um, you know, like like I said, really excited about both those guys because of who they are as people. You know, there's a lot of really good, talented athletes out there, and this is kind of you know part of our recruiting spiel that we always get, yeah. but – what, what where where we try to be different is we try to recruit good kids, uh, especially being a college town like Brookings is. If you're a knucklehead, you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. Uh, so I, I can't speak higher highly enough about uh, really about both of them as, as individuals as kids. And and shoot, I'm excited to get to work with them um, here soon. That's that was us. We were the ones that were the knuckleheads that stood out. Like sore thumb. <laughs> I tried to not reference my name. So going in from the young guys you just announced into current day recruiting. So with the COVID nineteen, we you know we had Schaefer on a couple weeks ago, and he kind of gave us a 
blueprint of what you guys have been doing from a coach's standpoint in a quarterback's room what is it that you guys are doing that's uh you know trying to get out to the recruits what's different uh i know if you follow you guys on uh twitter you know you guys are sending out letters and some you know graphic design but what is it something that you guys are trying to do to kind of stay fresh and stay in front of these kids you know you can only ask a kid how many times or how he's doing so many times especially when uh when what he's been doing has been the exact same for the last two months or so uh so we've really been trying to know and like we've always done for years but especially this year is get to know kids on a deeper level um you know what makes them tick who they are as a person what are their goals and ambitions uh who are they when when uh, you know they're kind of thrown into the fire and, and times are tough and and that's been something that uh you know i've been fortunate to have a lot of really insightful conversations with a lot of these guys and stuff um you know, we're trying to do uh, interact with them a few different ways, not just uh, texting, not just phone calls, not just letters, but, you know, hopping on some Zoom calls with them and stuff and uh, FaceTimes, you know, whatever, excuse me, whatever it may be to try to, you know, keep it fresh and keep it fun for them. Because really, at the end of the day, recruiting is a two-way street. Um, yes, obviously, they, they have to put something good on tape and, and be able to play at our level. Uh, but we have to really like them and they have to like us, you know, for, for it to be a fit and for it to be a match. So uh, trying to do our homework really well from that standpoint and then uh, uh, keeping it fun too. You know, I, I, I've really liked actually the last few weeks we've been doing these Sunday scenarios where the coordinators have been yeah. talking about, um, you know, some specifics and inside stuff in the, in the play. So, uh, you know, I'll send that out to, to a kid and kind of ask his thoughts on, on this play or what we should do or, or whatever it is. So, uh, trying to do stuff like that and, and, uh, and in some ways differentiate ourselves, you know. So that's, that's some of the things that, that we've kind of been doing from that standpoint. So with, with Dan going to uh, Northern Illinois, you've taken over the as recruiting coordinator, am I correct? Yes. Okay. Um, so then my question is, we have kind of got a foothold in Illinois, specifically at quarterback. How, <laughs> how has that happened? Uh, you know, Coach Sleisner actually is the, the Chicago land area okay. uh, for us and has for shoot the seven years he's been here. Um, so he was kind of the one who found, found Jabori and, and, and uh, um, you know, did a really good job building a relationship with them. It was a little bit different then because he went to go see him throw that spring. Now everything that we're relying on is basically video getting sent back to us. Um, but then Mark last year, same type of thing. You know, I, I had actually seen him the summer previous at a, at a camp. Um, and, and he remembered me from that. So that was kind of the start of our relationship, but we sure. hadn't talked in, in a long time until coach Slicen sent me his video again, you know, the following spring. And then, uh, like I said, it, it, what, what's apparent about him is, uh, his leadership and, and that he loves football, you know? So that's, uh, especially right. I'm kind of like what, what you talked about me. That's that, that I think is what, what kind of made me, you know, able to be in a conversation mm -hmm. with Terrence for a starting job. Um, so it's, those are some traits, especially that, that I look for in, in guys. Yeah. Cause when you're recruiting guys in the FCS, specifically Missouri Valley, and you're getting guys out of Illinois, well, there's what, three Missouri Valley conference team in Illinois, right? One, two, three. Three in the state of Illinois there. Yep. Yeah. And then they have to drive past Cedar Falls on the way to Brookings. So, I mean, no, really, I mean, to get anybody out of Illinois, I think is a big get because you're recruiting against all those guys right in their backyard. So it's right. it's just impressive. 
Well, it's been fun to, to kind of develop that pipeline. And obviously my, my time is much more recent, but I know we've had a lot of great jackrabbits going back there, you know, to the early 90s. I can think of a few, but, uh, you know, TJ Lally, who graduated yep. 2014, whenever it was, Jesse Bobbitt, who took over right behind him, those kind of guys. Obviously different positions, but that pipeline's been been running full for a long time. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned, you know, the kids have been doing just like we have. You're kind of sitting in your house. Do you find out real quick if a recruit is into the like SDSU, or is it like you know, as you mentioned, you, there's only so much you can talk about. There's only th- so many things you can say at this point before yes. it's uh, repetitive. I mean, is it is it building faster? Like the relationships faster? Are you realizing, hey, this is a right fit faster because it's so much face to face? I think there's a. Uh... Well, let's let's go twofold. I think the relationships are a lot more in turn in terms of well, shoot, us coaches have a lot more free time, so naturally that means making a lot more phone calls uh, to different kids and receiving them and all that type of stuff. But the kids too, they have a lot more time to to market themselves and get on the phone with other schools and, and do their own research. Really, you know, I, a lot of a lot of anybody in the world can look up South Dakota State University and go on a go on a tour and see our facilities and. Uh, you know, see the outside view of, of kind of who we are. So uh, we try to take them and I don't know if you want to call it VIP access or whatever it is, but just try to give them um, a, a, an inside look at who we are and, and kind of our process on things and, and all that. So that's uh, it's been really good from that standpoint. But like I said, and like you said, there's only so many times you can you can say South Dakota State's a great place or ask how their day is going or, or whatever the case may be. So it's been uh, – you know, having different conversations and, and, and kind of going from there. You know, I've been trying to uh, find something every week to talk about, you know, whether it's the Jordan documentary, whether it's the NFL draft, whether it's uh, whatever current event I can think of. Or, or you know, uh, I was having a talk with Coach Bergstrom last week, and his, his word of the week was adversity. So asking kids about a time when they've kind of overcome adversity. And, again, just trying to, to, to get to know these guys on a deeper note because – uh, especially when all this, with all this stuff going on, I, I think people are valuing, uh, you know, kind of the interpersonal communication so much more and relationships so much more. Um, so kind of the deeper we can build those bonds, I think the better it will be for us in the long run. So everybody gets excited for recruiting because that's the, that's the big unknown, right? But I get more excited of you guys, you know, recruit, and now we have a bunch of redshirt freshmen that have gone right. through fall camp. Normally we'd have spring, you know, spring ball. But these are the guys that are going to contribute right, I mean, this upcoming year, we hope. So who's, who's some of the guys that have uh, caught your attention in the fall and keep, keep kind of doing it, getting back to it, um, that are going to see the field this year that maybe didn't, didn't have the opportunity last year for whatever reason? Well, one, because they're, you know, just out of high school. Right. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, the first two guys I talk about would be uh, Shane Daly and Devin Blakely. Uh, you know, Shane put on about, uh, shoot, I don't know what he's up to nowadays, but put on about 10, 12 pounds of, of, of uh, lean muscle when he was up here um, before obviously going home. And, you know, really quick, really explosive, really athletic receiver, but ha- has a pretty good understanding of the passing game too. And especially what we do, I think that's difficult for a kid to do. Uh, early on um you know then Devin Blakely obviously 
played in his four games last year, yep. played at a, at a high level, um, especially while he was healthy, and excited to watch him contribute and do more. And then on, on the tight end, and from a tight end perspective, uh, you know Tucker Craft is somebody who uh, was was a big time get for us. Um, originally a nine man kid, you know from Timberlake, South Dakota, uh, played running back, played quarterback, played every other position, but they, they don't have tight ends. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of come in and um, you know is a physical specimen, really. You know he's a big, strong, athletic kid, and uh, I think wants to be great. So excited to see. Uh, uh, the the future of those three guys, um, kind of kind of on the offensive side of the ball, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, we're, we're returning so many so many guys that uh, I, I you take your pick, you know, with with uh, uh, with who's going to contribute this year. But I think we're going to continue to being being very strong and uh, and good from that a- aspect. You know, one of the guys that I'd point out in particular is Adam Bach. Uh, you talk about a kid. Uh, who's just very regimented, you know, and does does is very consistent every day. Uh, he's the same guy. He's going to bring it each and every day and do a great job. And um, excited to see his ceiling. Excited to see his potential and uh, and kind of go from there. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, we all get excited when we're recruiting them. We have our recruiting day down in Sioux Falls, and then you kind of, other than the guys, I mean, you get your your. Di- Diamond Evans and some of these guys who end up playing right away as freshmen, but you know, then you see them stand on the sidelines for a year, and you kind of forget what's coming in. So that's that's why I always wonder is is you know what what is on the horizon of actually dudes that are gonna gonna be contributing this next year. So that's that's exciting. And the yeah, the guy from Timberlake, I mean, it, he was just all over the place and just no just raw. But I mean, that's you know, kind of nine man football, but once they get on, on the field, it's football's football. Well, one of the things Phil that you said there is that is true is a lot of times they come in and sit on the sidelines for a year, but, but what you're not seeing is how they're developing, especially yes. in the weight room. You know, yes. And that's the biggest uh, aspect of that is, is kind of, uh, you know, changing from a kid's body into a man's body for, yep. for a lot of these guys, especially in the trenches, you know, it's, it's uh, that's the biggest transition from, kind of from that standpoint. Um, and I think, you know, this freshman class in particular did, did a really good job. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll just point out, you know, Carson Hunter again. I know we talked to him about him a little bit earlier, and I know he's my position group, so I'm a little biased. But, um, you know, he kind of did a great job every time I pop in the weight room, uh, working his tail off and, and leading those guys by example from that standpoint. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, that- that's, that's where the depth and, you know, everything comes in is, is working in the weight room and, and getting bigger, faster, stronger. No question. And hopefully, you know, that means uh, in general when, when a true freshman comes in and plays right away, you know, he's either really special or we have a void. Um, so the fewer voids that we can have, you know, ideally it means the kid's going to be better as a fifth-year senior than as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. But obviously our goal is to get, get the best player ready to play right away, and whoever that may be in whatever situation that is. Uh, make it so that it's an easy decision for us one way or the other. Yeah. Well, Zach, certainly uh, thank you for uh, joining us tonight. And maybe we can get you out of here on this, unless, unless the boys have another follow-up question. You, you mentioned the Jordan Dock, and I think uh, most of the country has really been enjoying watching all this behind-the-scenes thoughts and things that we maybe didn't know. Let's pretend we're going to create the Zach Lujan documentary. And <laughs> Keep pretending. Keep pretending. I, oh, no, I'm, I've been making notes yep. now. 
you got your one shot to tell the one story that the world's going to say, wow, this is going to be an interesting doc. What's that story? Whether it's an Anchorage or SDSU or whatever the case may be, you got one shot. It's that elevator pitch to tell that one story that we're going to create the Zach <laughs> Lujan documentary. Uh, What's I that story? It. Oh, man. I don't, uh, I don't know if this would be that pitch, uh, but the story that comes to mind right away, and uh, Rhino, you kind of talked about the Missouri game right away. So, uh, and, and obviously those games, and we're on TV a lot, we, we have media timeouts, and I want to say it's like a two- or three-minute intermission. And it, it gets to be a long time kind of sitting there on the sidelines and stuff. Well, that was right after Sumner you know, ultimately broke his foot. So they told me to start, start warming up. And so I do, you know, but I, I literally used the ball that he had in his hand when he got hurt, the game ball. And I didn't, I didn't know that I was supposed to hold another ball. I'd, I'd never been a backup before. <laughs> so I'm kind of warming up on the sidelines there. And, uh, you know, the referee's kind of giving me a, a, a weird look because I'm using the game ball and stuff and da-da-da-da-da. And, uh, you know, finally, uh, about 30 seconds before the media timeout's over, they tell you that to get in the huddle and kind of get ready to roll. And... Uh, Coach Stig came up to me with a big smile on his face, you know, right just after the, the referee announced that. And uh, I, he said, hey, you ready, kid? And I said, yeah, Coach, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm excited. And he goes, okay, good. He goes, hey, guy. Goes, yeah? I said, where's your helmet? <laughs> I, I kind of touched my forehead and said, oh, man, where was it? So I had never been, like I said, I, I had never been a back and forth. Oh. So I, I, I followed Tyler Finnis around. You know, where he put his helmet is where I put my helmet. When he walked one way, I walked that way too. So I ended up sprinting about 35 yards under the bench the opposite direction, grabbing my helmet. And uh, at that point, I was kind of out of breath. So I had to say the play call twice, you know, just so they could hear <laughs> So in your so defense. So was it a handoff to Zenner? <laughs> no, the first play, and Jake's my – Jake Winnicky's my guy and actually just had a baby. So congratulations to, to him and his beautiful wife, Brenna. You bet. Um, but the first play was, I, I want to say it was, okay, and you can go back and fact check me and I might be completely wrong, but this is the first play I remember. It was third and six, I want to say. And uh, I threw our really popular three-step concept for us, double slants, and uh, threw it right to Jake. And I want to say it bounced off his chest incomplete and we ended up punting on that on that yep. play. It was a first down. Yeah. Also, in your defense, it was incredibly hot that game. Uh, it was. Everybody else was cramping up, but I was just trying to understand uh, things were moving very quickly <laughs> for me at that point. Because we had been tailgating in the parking lot, but and I've I have re, you know um, cousins down in Missouri, and so we get to Missouri some, and Missouri in August is horrible. I mean, just horrible. Humidity, hot, so. No matter how you did that game, it still was going to be good because because of the I, heat that was down there. I, yeah. I remember, so as I was walking in the locker room, you know, my, my brother and dad actually came down to, to that game, um, and uh, they, they kind of were right by the uh, locker room entrance. So I, I kind of, you know, gave them a high five, and they said that they were good luck and all that. Um, so I was a little bit later into the locker room. When I get in the locker room, there's – you know, Jack Sherlock, a, a senior defensive end for us with an IV in. Uh, Trevor Gregor, our starting left tackle, same thing. And I was just, you know, <laughs> wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to, ready to go try to play for football. So. Well, I don't want to steal away from the Zach Lulon story. That was a great story. It's the stuff we love to hear. 
But Philip brought it up. I was down in Missouri for that game too, and we're waiting at the hotel. And in true Missouri fashion, we had to wait for the cousins to deliver Philip to the game. So that was about <laughs> about perfect. Hey, like you said, it's the backstories that we live for. So that's that's right. right. Awesome. Well, uh, again, guys, I, I had a blast. I really did. So I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, look forward to talking to you guys again here soon. Yeah, thank you. Well, thanks, Coach. We appreciate you and uh, good luck this year. I know we'll catch up before the season starts. You bet. Talk to you guys later. You bet. All right. Well, thanks to Coach Lujan for uh, coming on the Hair Razor podcast. Awesome guy, great story, and as you guys can tell, just a great human being. So hopefully uh, they can get through summer and uh, we get to fall and he can get those uh, guys going. Yeah, we really need football. Like, if we can't have football, then what's this all for? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) let's let's be honest. (laughs) True. That's absolutely true. I mean, the SEC, Big Ten, NCAA, Pac-12, Pac like, you guys got a boatload of money. Let's start throwing it at this deal and find a vaccine. Let's let's get out of this. NFL, like all of them, just do it. Nike? Sure, just keep throwing sponsors <laughs> just, just, just throw money on it. Get, get the vaccine. <laughs> so, but, yeah, Zach, Zach was a, a great interview. I mean, I can remember when he stepped on the field in Missouri and uh, after Sumner broke his foot and here comes Zach Lujan out there and we're all going, who is this guy? And ended up being a very, very good football player for SDSU. Yes, he did. And, I mean, he went, you know, one thing he does recognize is that he went 21 for 28 that game too. So for a guy that – very uh, good football game. uh, Forgot his helmet on the sidelines, uh, pretty focused during the game and – what a great coach. What a good mentor for South Coast State University. Yep, that's absolutely right. We, we also have another candidate for when we're done watching The Last Dance. We'll move on to the Zach Wuhan story. Uh, at least, Be excited. At least three episodes. Absolutely. So, I, well. <laughs> with, so as we're wrapping things up, Eric, if you're going to get another haircut, go to Brookings a little bit later. We need, we need some more local beers. EBC always does a good job. We can get some from Sioux Falls, but, man, pick us up some beer from EBC. Hey, can do, boss. All right. Happy to help you guys out. And with that, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this would go over well if people come in more. <laughs> we're out of beer. We're out of stories. We've hit rock bottom here. Yep. We're at the end. That's right. Go big. <laughs> we're going to start over. Go blue. <laughs> go Jack. That was terrible.